The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed in the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Dr. Carol's Couch with your host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. All comments, views, and opinions are solely those of Dr. Lieberman, her guests, and callers. Now it's time to have a seat on Dr. Carol's Couch. Here's your host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome to today's edition of Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Today we're doing a pre-Halloween show. Uh, We're going to have lots of fun. Halloween is a great time of year. I have two guests. The show is called Do Ghosts See You Naked? Reincarnation and Other Halloween Tales. Um, but before I in- introduce my guests and um, talk to you about, or let them talk to you about uh, these scary things, um, I want to make sure that I tell you, and I'll also mention this at the end, um, tonight, Tuesday, there is going to be, I am having an event for all of you who live in Los Angeles or can get to Studio City by 5.30, between 5.30 and 7.30. I am doing an event at Fair Fru-Fru, which is a, an incredible uh, lingerie boutique. And um, it's, I'm calling it Be Kate Middleton for Halloween and Catch a Prince of Your Own. As many of you know, um, in my book, Bad Girls, Why Men Love Them and How Good Girls Can Learn Their Secrets, uh, I've been tying Kate Middleton into that, not as a bad girl, but I call her the quintessential good girl who used bad girl secrets to catch her prince. And um, as many of you know, I went to London in March to bid on the original dress that Kate Middleton wore in the fashion show that made Prince William fall head over heels for her. And um, I became the U.S. I didn't wind up getting the dress because I was outbid. It went for 125000 <laughs> I was crazy, but not that crazy. Um, but I did become friends with the designer, Charlotte Middleton. Charlotte Middleton, I do that all the time. Charlotte Todd. Um and uh, and I became the U.S. ambassador of the dress, meaning that if you'd like to buy one of the limited edition of Kate Middleton dresses, the sexy one where you could see her black underwear underneath that um, that caused Prince William's heart to beat faster, the only place you can get it in the United States is from me. These are uh, sent over from London. And so I am um, suggesting that women become Kate for Halloween and beyond. Um, this isn't just for Halloween. It's just a fun thing to do for Halloween and uh, to catch a prince of your own. So I'm going to be reading some of my book, Bad Girls. I'm going to be signing the book, and I am going to be um, selling some of these limited edition dresses, and we're all going to have a jolly, uh, have a cocktail reception and we're going to all have, we're going to all fair frou-frou <laughs> at Fair Frou-Frou, which is on Ventura Boulevard in Studio City, 13, uh, 13017A, Ventura Boulevard in Studio City. This store is called Fair Frou-Frou, and it's from uh, 5.30 to 7.30. So I hope, uh, if you can get there by then, that you will come and say hello, introduce yourself as a Dr. Carol's Couch listener, 
And um, if you can't come to this event, you can go to my website, badgirlsbook.com slash store, and you can actually order the dress uh, from the website as well. Of course, that isn't as much fun as coming to the cocktail reception, but you can have the dress. <laughs> Even that you can wear certainly beyond, beyond Halloween, anytime you want to catch a prince. So now let's get to my guests. <laughs> That's a little Halloween fun of, uh, that I'm stirring up here. Okay, my guests are Betsy Muller. She is the author of a new book called Energy Makeover, A Conscious Way to Stay Young, Have Fun, and Get More Done. And um, she's going to tell us about uh, whether ghosts see us naked, something I've always wondered about. And, um, and then also um, Mary, Marie Gates, she is, um, has a book out as well, a new book called Are We Our Past Lives? Soul Patterns in Personalities and Relationships. So uh, why don't we start with you, Betsy, and do okay. go see us naked? I'm afraid I'm going to need to disappoint you, Carol. Yes. They don't have bodies. And when it comes to physical stuff, they don't really care. What, what they do you care mean? about <laughs> what they care about more is feelings and love and connection to us to, for some other reason, but they don't care if we're naked they don't care if we're on the toilet they don't care about our physical activities, and they don't watch us having sex. I'm very sorry about that too. Yes, that was going to be my next question. <laughs> yeah. Are you saying that that's because they don't have a physical body so they don't have eyes is that well, you know what? They're just not oriented to physical life anymore. Uh-huh. They're not. They don't have the body. They can't do what we do. And actually, it's not so much fun. I, I, um, I draw the analogy with the dog. You know, a dog sees you naked, but yeah. so what? Because they're not really attracted to, <laughs> to our body. I don't know. Maybe some dogs are, but my dog is careless <laughs> if I'm naked or I have clothes on. Yeah, yeah. But, so, you know, that it's it's interesting because... Um, as in more recent years, as there's been more talk about ghosts and spirituality and all of that, um, I think people in general are more aware of the possibility that there are spirits out there, you know, call them ghosts or spirits, or I don't know if you make a distinction, but, um, and then it, it does, it can make us more self-conscious about what it is that we do, whether it's being naked or having sex. Um, having sex with other people, having sex with ourselves, there's kind of that, hmm, could there be somebody, could, our, could my dead grandfather be watching me? Yeah, and actually, you're, um, you're getting in on, onto a topic that I noticed, too. You know, I've been looking at all these polls about ghosts that have been done over the last few years. There was a Gallup poll in 2005. There was a CBS poll in 2009, and then there was a Harris poll, I think, in 2008. And the statistics have been going up in terms of how many of us believe in ghosts and also in the afterlife. And even, you know, you're going to talk about uh, past lives in a little bit. And the statistics have been going up. You know, uh, very few people believe in past lives right now. So we'll just be upfront about that. Um, I'm sure Marie has numbers on it. I think the Harris poll put it at like 24% of Americans believe in that possibility. But that's up from 2005. 20%. 20%. So it's up a little bit just in three years, according to that poll. Um, but, the, you know, in terms of ghosts, the numbers have been going up. Um, the CBS poll said that about more than half of us 
in the U.S. believe in ghosts now. And uh, women well, what do you believe more than men. To? Why do you think that is, that more of us believe in ghosts? You know, I, um, really the younger people are more inclined to believe in ghosts, but what I think is happening, this is my personal opinion, is that as we get older and we're faced with the idea of death, um, we're, we're more in tune to the possibility of the other side, and I think we really want there to be another side. We want evidence that, that things don't end when we die. Yeah. That's my personal opinion. Yes, no, I tend to agree with you that, um, and especially now as the world is getting scarier, um, not just on Halloween, you know, and, and no matter how old you are, you, there's the possibility of a terrorist attack or so on, you know, different, or, or a natural disaster. Right. Um, I think that, that, yes, we do want to think that this isn't going to be the end. Yeah. Well, you want to know something cool that I found when I was doing some research? Yeah. That, that 22% of Americans report having seen a ghost. Mm. Did you know that? No. And it, that if you're a woman, you're more likely to have seen a ghost than a man, about twice as likely as a man. And I'm one of those people that actually have seen ghosts. Ah, and tell it us about it. It okay. the daylights out of me. Okay, <laughs> tell us about it. Well, there, uh, the, the one time that was just most... Weird was um, I managed a medical office. Actually, I was a, a practice manager for a group medical practice, and being the manager, you always come in early. You're the first one there. You're the one that comes in the dark and turns on the lights, right? Mm-hmm. And so I come in the door. I'm feeling great, but it's dark. I reach for the light switch. I just, I, just as the light came on, right in front of me, there's this ghost of a little boy with a little hat and a jacket. Well, I mean, I didn't know it was a ghost. There was a kid right in front of me. And I'm just like, whoa. And the minute... My eyes locked on him, and the light was truly on. He disappeared in a flash, this little eight-year-old kind of little boy. Huh. And I just was freaking. I was like, whoa, what just happened? And I didn't tell anybody. I went on with my day, didn't say a thing to anybody in the office. About two weeks later, my uh, receptionist was talking with someone else in the front office, and she said, you know what, our office is haunted. Huh. <laughs> and my ear just went over to her like, what do you mean? And she said, oh, there's a little boy, and sometimes his grandmother's here, too. And I said, "Uh, could you describe him to me? And she went on to describe exactly the little person I had seen. And uh, it was undeniable at that point. I would seen a ghost, and it was pretty clear. And was there any connection, like had the doctor treated that little boy and he died, or the, and the grandmother well, you know, Carol, what I think it was is we saw a lot of kids in our office. Um, we were an allergy uh, clinic that did acupun- acupuncture and acupressure, and we had a special technique for kids to desensitize them. So we always had toys and lots of children in the office. And, you know, I think it was just a, a, a kid-friendly place. We never really figured out why that child was attracted to us. And I even tried to get some history on the building to see if there was a a house there before the building or something. wasn't really clear, but in any event, I think this child felt very safe and comfortable and attracted to our waiting room because it was a fun place for a kid to be. Hmm. That's very interesting. So what got you to, um, well, well before, um, what about, you know, um, how do you think that ghosts in general um well, do you think that that little boy, or how do you think that ghosts in general are trying to communicate with us? Do you think that they come to us for a reason? Like, was that little boy trying to tell you or the receptionist something? 
Well, you know, it's interesting. Right before that little boy came to me, I had been doing a lot of work on myself. I had been practicing some exercises that uh, open up your energy flow. They stimulate your subtle energy system. And I was doing these exercises basically for my own health and well-being. And I was getting great results. I felt wonderful. Um, I was calmer. I was uh, feeling more connected and grounded and getting along with people great. And I think that my frequency or my signal changed in such a way that my field was open to, um, I guess, you know, you get closer to that edge of the, the, what do we call it, the other side, the veil between the two sides. I think when you get peaceful yourself that you have a higher likelihood of intervening with uh, energy that's not in a physical body. Let me just say it that way. Uh-huh. Um, but, and was there anything going on in your life where maybe a little boy had some psychological significance? Um, well, you know, I, I had my own son at that time. You know, I'm, I was a mother at that time. I think, you know, they come to you because there's something familiar about you. So maybe I reminded him of his mother. Maybe I was just, I came across as a safe, caring person. I don't know why. That was what I suspect. You know, I think that the spirits look for, they look for energy that matches up with the energy they are or what they need um, or what's familiar from their life. That's very interesting. Um, and we'll talk more about it. We'll, uh, it kind of leads into the reincarnation uh, topic, too, that we'll talk about when we come back. My guest today, uh, that was just Betsy Muller. Her book is Energy Makeover, A Conscious Way to Stay Young, Have Fun, and Get More Done. Coming up, we have um, Marie Gates. She is going to be telling her book is Are We Our Past Lives, Soul Patterns and Personalities and Relationships, and we're going to be talking about reincarnation. You're listening to Dr. Carol's Couch, and I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your question. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. Are you having difficulty coping with these troubled times? Do you want help? Then contact Dr. Carol Lieberman today at www.drcarol.com. Dr. Carol is a certified psychiatrist who not only has won an Emmy, but is a regular on top television shows like Oprah Winfrey and Larry King. She's here to help you through books, CDs, and helplines. Having trouble relaxing? Check out her relaxation CD. Has the fear of terrorism crippled your life? Call the terrorism hotline. And if you're having trouble with relationships... Check out her book, Bad Boys. Dr. Carol wants to help you today, so contact her at www.drcarol.com or for immediate help at 1-900-860-COPE. Get help making sense of these troubled times. www.drcarol.com Are you ready to go green? You've asked, and we've heard you. Voice America presents the Green Talk Network. 
Environmental topics are at the forefront of our society, and the Green Talk Network is here to keep you up to date on the latest trends and new innovations for the eco-conscious lifestyle. We'll help promote a variety of ideas on the environment, from global warming issues to how you can become more eco-friendly in your daily activities. Be a part of the solution, not the problem. Visit the Green Talk Network page on voiceamerica.com and tune in to help spread the green. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in the brain inspired really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. If you have a question or comment for Dr. Carol, dial toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now back to the show, here's Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. With a pre-Halloween show, we're talking about ghosts who apparently don't care if you're naked (laughs) or having (laughs) sex, reincarnation, and other Halloween tales. We'll now hear from my next guest, Marie uh, Gates, and um, she is going to tell us about how to start off with, how she started off with getting interested in reincarnation. So welcome to the show, Marie. Well, thank you. I'm happy to be on the show and to share my experiences. I started off with the study of reincarnation when I was a psychology instructor at the University of Alabama. And I had a student who knew a hypnotist who did hypnotic regressions into past lives. She asked me if I would be interested. At first, I wasn't sure But when I thought about it, I'd had a very strange dream in which I was in a perfect world, like a heaven, where there was no conflict, there was perfect peace and harmony. When I had this dream, my husband awakened me, and I got very upset. Mm -hmm. I wanted to be in that world. So I thought maybe uh, if I went to the hypnotist, I could get some information on that, maybe clarify what what this was all about. At the point uh, that I I went to the hypnotist, I was an agnostic. In other words, I didn't know what to believe in, and I certainly didn't believe in reincarnation. So I went to the hypnotist, and he helped me uncover five lives. One was as a woman in New Haven, Connecticut in the 1940s, and I gave her name and her husband's name. Now, the names that I'm giving here over the radio are not the actual names because I want to protect the family's privacy. But the name I'm uh, using here is Amanda Randall for the woman I was and Joseph Randall for her husband's name. And uh, they lived in New Haven, Connecticut, as I said. So when we moved back to Michigan, which is my home state, my husband said, why don't you go and investigate this past life? So I flew to New Haven, Connecticut, and one of the first things I did was I went to the library in search of the city records, the city directories. So at that point, as I said, I didn't believe in God, but when I got a hold of the directory from the 1940s, I prayed that I would be able to find my past life. I wanted something to believe in. Hmm. Well, I looked in in the directory under the, the Randalls, and lo and behold, there it was, Jacob Randall, his wife, uh, Amanda, and the address where they had lived. Hmm. So the next day, I went out to the address, 
and I was disappointed to find it was a liquor store. Uh-huh. Now, this was in an old part of New Haven where the buildings were close together, and I thought, well, how could they live there? Well, I decided anyway I'll go in and I'll talk to the proprietor of this liquor store. So I did, and he said there were apartments above and behind it where the people lived. And uh, I asked him if he knew who owned the building during the 1940s because he was a young man. And uh, he said, sure, I am buying the building from so-and-so. And he gave me the name and and uh, his phone number. So I went back to my hotel. I called the old landlord, and he gave me the married name of the woman who had grown up there. So I looked through the phone book, and I made a couple false calls, but I did get a hold of... Uh, Amanda, now her name is the same as her mother's name, Amanda, and uh, started talking about their family. Of course, I wasn't going to say I'm your mother from the past life. She probably hang up on me. Uh-huh. I said, <laughs> I am studying genealogy. Well, this is a sort of genealogy. I wasn't totally telling a lie. Uh-huh. <laughs> and I said, um, how, how did, uh, what was her mother like? What was her life like? And she started telling me how it was a very tough life because during the Depression, the father had lost his job, and uh, the mother had to support the family by working as a stenographer for the A&P grocery store chain. And when she got home, of course, she had to do what we all do, have to cook and clean. And in those days, of course, we didn't have automatic washers and dryers and, and dishwashers, so it was much harder and then on Saturday, because they didn't have automatic washers, they had to send their laundry to what they call the wet wash. And it would come back wet, and all day Saturday they would have to iron it. Can you imagine ironing things like towels? Because it would take a long time to get that dry. And so she wore herself out, basically. She, uh, Amanda, my, my past life identity, was... Um, 53 when she died, um, she had worked herself, I guess, into a, a state of exhaustion, making the apartment perfect for her son when he would arrive home from World War II. This was huh. 1946. And uh, she just worked so hard that her ulcer ripped, uh, ruptured, and she was bleeding from both ends and had to go to the hospital. Now, the Father was from a Catholic background, so he insisted that she go to St. Raphael's. Well, when Amanda said St. Raphael's, uh, it rang a bell. It was really astounding for me because that was like the description of my earliest memory. I remember myself as an old woman dying in a hospital bed, and it was Catholic because the nuns were there in their habits in those days. And my daughter was with me. And so I said, Amanda, were you with your mother when she died? She says, yes, I held her hand. And I can still remember her by my bedside in a long coat, dark coat with a scarf. And this would have been what she wore because it was February in New Haven. And she was uh, on her way to work, and she just dropped by to see her mother. Well, I really couldn't say that I, I didn't believe in reincarnation after that because there was no other way I could explain this early memory. My mother had said it was a dream, but I know it was awake. It wasn't a dream. And I was born three months 
after Amanda died. And probably the reason I did remember was that it was so close in time, and from what I've studied about reincarnation, a person is more likely to remember a recent past life. The other thing is that if a life is um, either prematurely ended or ends by violence, that a person is more likely to remember it, and they're more likely to remember the death scene of anything uh, rather than anything else. In, in a lifetime. So that's what I remembered, and uh, that's all that I remember from that life. But it convinced me that reincarnation is real, and of course then I had to admit there was something behind it. There must be a higher power. I was no longer an agnostic, and that was a relief for me because I didn't feel good being agnostic. I thought maybe after I died it would just be the end. Uh, I would not exist anymore. And so then I um, felt much better, much more at peace. It's really given me a gift to be able to find this out and to study reincarnation. As far as the ghost that goes uh, with this story, uh, when I visited Amanda, we went out to the graveyard where her mother had been buried. And there was this mysterious shadow bisecting the grave marker. There was no shadow could have been cast by the building or a tree because it wasn't around and there wasn't anything in the sky that was around so it was just a shadow and later on i read the book a book about uh, ghosts and it said that that could have been a ghost and um, i thought my picture that the photograph that i'd taken would be obscured by the the shadow but it wasn't when i got the photograph back it, it showed the names of uh, Amanda and her husband and, and the birth and death dates of Amanda, so that was okay. I, I felt good about that. I, I, the ghost hadn't uh, done anything to my photograph anyway. Huh. But, um, so, so, and you had other, um, you found other past lives. I mean, did you, did you research other past lives? Yes, I did research other past lives. The only one that I could verify, however, and this is from Are We Our Past Lives, I get into finding Amanda in greater detail in my first book, Shadows on My Mind, A Psychologist Explores Reincarnation and PSI, Psychic Phenomena, and that is also available. It it, uh, never did go out of print. I published that about 11 years ago. But anyway, uh, the stories that I give in our We Are Past Lives were not obtained through hypnosis. They were obtained through psychic healers who got their information from the Akashic Records which is uh, an energy field around the earth that includes everything anybody has ever said or felt or thought or done, and they got in contact with these records and were able to tell me about my past lives in the interest of healing. Now, I have to admit that this was really an amazing thing with this HBT. It's called Harmonic Vibrational Therapy was the type of therapy that I used. I actually got rid of my depression. I'd had been depressed from childhood on. I had taken uh, Paxil, which is, of course, an antidepressant, 
it didn't make me feel good. I went off it. I was on St. John's Wort for years. Well, two years ago, I, the breakthrough came and the depression's gone. Haven't had to take any St. John's Wort anymore. Do not feel depressed at all. This is a miracle. I have to say that, that this therapy is very effective. So partly because of that and partly because these therapists know everything about me, including the fact that in my journals I write about what happens in my life and not my feelings, and they think I should write about my feelings, of course. Well, I don't show my journals to anybody, so how would they know if they didn't have uh, contact with the Akashic Records? So so I firmly believe in them, and uh, the one... Um, life that I was able to verify from what they had given me, uh, I was given the partial name of Jacob Gruber, who was a circuit-riding Methodist minister in the 19th century, and uh, he spoke out against slavery, was prosecuted by the state of Maryland for inciting the slaves, because when he spoke out, he was speaking before a crowd of the slaves and their masters. And, of course, he was exonerated, but that's why I think the book, The Life of Jacob Gruber, was written about him. And so I got a hold of the book, and I looked in the book, and there was a picture of him. Now, it wasn't a photograph. It was something else that they did early in the 19th century besides photography. But it, it was his likeness. I looked at it, and in the pit of my stomach, I had to. I had the feeling... This is me. Now that was a very scary feeling. Yes. Wow. Well, I, I, I'm I'm looking forward to uh, to hearing what Betsy has to say about all of this, which uh, will happen when we come back. You're listening to Dr. Carol's Couch. We're having a pre-Halloween show today with Betsy Muller and Marie Gates. And uh, stay tuned. This is riveting, and we'll be right back. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your question. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. Are you having difficulty coping with these troubled times? Do you want help? Then contact Dr. Carol Lieberman today at www.drcarol.com. Dr. Carol is a certified psychiatrist who not only has won an Emmy, but is a regular on top television shows like Oprah Winfrey and Larry King. She's here to help you through books, CDs, and helplines. Having trouble relaxing? Check out her relaxation CD. Has the fear of terrorism crippled your life? Call the terrorism hotline. And if you're having trouble with relationships, check out her book, Bad Boys. Dr. Carol wants to help you today, so contact her at www.drcarol.com or for immediate help at 1-900-860-COPE. Get help making sense of these troubled times. www.drcarol.com Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. If you have a question or comment for Dr. Carol, dial toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now back to the show, here's Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman, with two very interesting guests, perfect for pre-Halloween and beyond. 
Um, Betsy Muller, the author of Energy Makeover, A Conscious Way to Stay Young, Have Fun and Get More Done. And Marie Gates, the author of Are We Our Past Lives, Soul Patterns in Personalities and Relationships. So, Betsy, I'd like to um, ask you to respond to um, Marie's stories. Yeah. Well, I I uh, agree with what Marie has shared with you about the ability of working with uh, past life possibilities as a means of healing physical things, emotional things. Um, I never wanted to deal with past life work at all. But the interesting thing is that as I was exploring energy self-care and, you know, working on myself and suddenly I'm seeing ghosts and having interesting experiences, I start attracting teachers who do work with past lives. Hmm. And um, I had a health crisis. As I was transforming, I, I think, as you saw from my bio, I have a master's in business administration and spend about 30 years managing businesses and being involved in small and large businesses. And, uh, you know, I, I started dabbling in energy self-care, and my career started changing. I became very interested in the possibility of using energy self-care for healing and working with others, and I eventually quit my job and pursued some new certifications. What's interesting is that I didn't I didn't want to deal with past lives. I want I just wanted to help people now, <laughs> okay? But um I and I had just joined a Methodist church. It was very interesting. You know, I I'm raised unlike Marie. I'm raised in the Christian faith. You know, you're not supposed to talk about reincarnation. Um it's <laughs> kind of taboo and I didn't want to go there, but a teacher came to me. I was doing my certification, and I, I needed a supervisor with a Ph.D. to, uh, you know, observe my work and verify that I was using emotional freedom techniques, which is a, a modality that I'm certified in. Uh, she was there to make sure I was doing things properly and ethically. And her specialty, believe it or not, was past life regression and soul. She called herself the soul detective. And um, coincidentally, right when I started working with her, I had a health crisis. And it was as if my body was saying, whoa, where are we going? Uh, Because becoming a healer was suddenly seeming scary to me. Um, So through my work with her, she was very gentle with me, understanding that I didn't quite want to believe it. The way I made my belief system conform is that I said, if I have access to God, which I truly believe I have access to a higher power, I've always felt very close to my creator, and my faith is very strong. I said, if it's possible for me to completely connect with God, I can, I can access every life ever lived, and to the extent that those lives can teach me something about now, I'm open to it. So that's kind of like I was personally saying, give me the Akashic record. Give me my record. And what came through were these amazing past lives where I had been persecuted as a healer. Huh. So the one one past life, I was actually ridiculed and um, given a, a very, very difficult time because I was a midwife and I, I had uh, been involved in the birth of twins where both twins perished and the mother bled to death. Huh. And it was so traumatic for me. I felt like I was in over my head. Um and that had shut me down as a healer. And I stopped being a midwife in that life and basically went into depression. Um, and then there was another past life where I was a female leader and also a healer. 
and I was taken down by a powerful man in town who didn't like women being in leadership positions. Both of those lives were in in far past times. Um, you know, one was in during kind of the time of Christ, the one where I was a midlife, and the female leader life was in Spain in, I think, around the 16th century. So, 16th, 17th century. So, um, but uh, Barbara worked with me. Actually, we used energy psychology to process both of those energy disruptions in my my soul, my field, cleared them, my health arrangements, my health situation improved immediately. And also I was able to embrace my work, my new work as an energy coach and uh, someone who could help others in this way. So uh, I, I guess what, <laughs> what you bring in with your soul is un, unfinished business. And it's also about your purpose now. And so by clearing that, I'm much more able to do what I need to do now to help other people. Well, you know, it's interesting because, um, I mean, both of you seem to have gotten some benefit from uh, exploring your past lives. Isn't um, Isn't it distracting or isn't it, I mean, isn't there some... Negative to, I mean, isn't, doesn't it feel strange to know that you lived in these other, had all these other lives? Oh, it's absolutely freeing. It's liberating. It's interesting. It, it helps you know that maybe, well, not just maybe, that death is an illusion. And when death is an illusion, there's a, you can be so much more fearless. Yes. Yes, I feel a great sense of peace since I uh, found these past lives. I know I'm going to go on. I was actually told, however, that I have uh, worked through all the karma that I brought in from the past lives. So all I have to worry about is the karma in this life. If I can do a good job of that, I may get out of the reincarnational cycle and be able to go with the Creator because my soul will be perfected to that degree. So I'm very excited about that. I'm working hard to make my life uh, productive and to try to help other people as much as I can. Yeah. Hey, I have a question for Marie, if it's okay. Can I ask one, Carol? Sure, sure. So, Marie, I want to know, do you ever get orbs, those circular orbs in your photographs these days? Uh, Photographs of me? Well, photographs of, of groups, of people, of happy occasions, do you ever notice the orbs of light in the photos? I have noticed some, but the pictures were not taken by me. However, I had a very strange experience when I took a photograph of uh, my brother-in-law's stepdaughters, and there was this uh, strange kind of cloud around them. I'd never seen anything like that before. And when I talked to some other people who were um, psychics, they thought maybe that was an indication that these girls had been involved with uh, drugs like marijuana. And I, oh. I just didn't know what to think of that. Oh, I haven't I also heard that. Saw orbs in, in photographs that were taken of the farm where I grew up. It was in the barn. And my brother, I think he had taken it, or the man who they sold the farm to, one or the other. But anyway, yeah, there were orbs in this uh, barn, and uh, my brother said that's a ghost. Well, I wouldn't call them ghosts. 
I would call them um, intelligent beings from another dimension. Really? It's, it's hard to know what they are, but they're good. Mm-hmm. They're good things. And they're helpers. And they're, they usually show up in my photos when something happy or spiritual is going on. Really? Yeah. So, um, and Carol, you too. I encourage you to take a look of photos at photos. Um, there's a couple photos in my book that I've included just as um, evidence that they're showing up in my pictures. But I, I have tons. The more I think about them and and uh, consider them a possibility, the more they seem to be showing up in my photographs. Do you days. mean when when you say an orb? Do you mean around your head? No, they, they're they almost like bubbles, and they can be various sizes. I don't know if it means that they're closer to the camera or farther away. Uh, they seem to move around. So you'll take maybe a series of photos, and they'll be in different places in each photo. Uh-huh. Um, they're often at the tops of photos, um, less likely to be at the bottom. And, and there's an excellent book by a NASA, former NASA physicist, about the orbs um, and his general belief about what they are and their patterns, and their patterns are not, you know, they're, they're, they're statistically a little more ordered than you'd expect a random pattern to be. Hmm. So, uh, but they seem to really like happy things, like birthday parties and cakes and family <laughs> gatherings um, and, and groups of people that are all like, like-minded um, in terms of a, a spiritual awareness. Huh. Oh, that's certainly fascinating to hear that. Well, I wanted to interject that because it's a happy thought for this time of year, for Halloween, and, and also for All Saints Day, which is November 1st, you know, that notion that our loved ones are still around. Oh, they uh-huh. certainly are. And yeah. why I was um, encouraged to go visit my past life daughter was my mother had recently passed and came to me in a dream and said, uh, Amanda is awful sick. And I thought, oh, my gosh, I want to go see her in case she might pass on. So that's why I went. It was my mother who who came to me. And I think that uh, our loved ones are all around us, and a lot of times they do come in dreams, and they might also um, express their presence in things like coins that we find uh, that we don't don't have any uh, notion of, of having put them in certain places. Sometimes things disappear and reappear in a different place, and I think that may have uh, something to do with our loved ones communicating with us. Uh-huh. Absolutely. Uh huh. Um, you know, it's it's uh, it's really it's really fascinating to contemplate all of this. Did you ever tell Amanda, the, the daughter? You know, did you ever tell her more than you were just doing a genealogy project? Oh, she knows the whole story. I gave her the first book I, I wrote, oh, yeah. uh, Shadows on My Mind. And what did and she say? Her picture is in it. <laughs> she said it was a little scary that her picture was in it. But she told me at one time that she thought so much of it that she carried it with her in her purse. Huh. And But she never really said she thought I was her mother. Mm. And the reason I think that is true is because when we come into a life, we take certain characteristics from many past lives in order to heal them. And I took one from her mother, which was being a meticulous housekeeper, into this life, and I became that way when I had my first home. 
it was to resolve that, though, to make me more um, centered. And so I eventually learned not to be as fussy. <laughs> but that was one thing. Another thing was that she, her mother had a lot of friends, and so do I. But not all of the aspects of her mother's personality came to me. I had these other things, like from Jacob Gruber, his um, criticism of other ministers, his arrogance and his frugality, and his uh, writing ability, all those came. So that composed my personality, all these different aspects from different past lives. And so maybe she didn't recognize me as uh-huh. being her mother because uh-huh. our personalities were actually different. Well, we do need to take another break, but um, just imagining myself, if someone came to me and said that they were my mother from a past life, I would find that very unsettling. Oh, sure it would be. <laughs> but it's All right, we like do need... Amanda's taken that very well, and we've been friends for over 30 years. Oh, well. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, we do need to take another break. We're talking today about ghosts, reincarnation, and other Halloween tales. You're listening to Dr. Carol's Couch. And we'll be right back. Talk, talk, talk. That's all we do is talk. If you'd like to talk, call us toll-free right now at 1-866-472-5787. VoiceAmerica.com. Are you having difficulty coping with these troubled times? Do you want help? Then contact Dr. Carol Lieberman today at www.drcarol.com. Dr. Carol is a certified psychiatrist who not only has won an Emmy, but is a regular on top television shows like Oprah Winfrey and Larry King. She's here to help you through books, CDs, and helplines. Having trouble relaxing? Check out her relaxation CD. Has the fear of terrorism crippled your life? Call the terrorism hotline. And if you're having trouble with relationships, check out her book, Bad Boys. Dr. Carol wants to help you today, so contact her at www.drcarol.com or for immediate help at 1-900-860-COPE. Get help making sense of these troubled times. www.drcarol.com The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. If you have a question or comment for Dr. Carol, dial toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now back to the show, here's Dr. Carol Lieberman. Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. We're, we're going into the realm of the uh, mysterious, perfect for Halloween, with my guests, um, Betsy Muller and Marie Gates. Um, Betsy, um, one of the things that you talk about is how technology is turning the living into ghosts, and why 2012 is going to be a bad year for cell phone users. Yeah, well, let's let's address that first one first. Okay. Um, what I see in people that are are having a hard time with life is that they're connecting with technology and they're losing their connection to other people and the earth. Yes. And um, uh, basically, what this means to me is that they are not centered within their body. Their energy center is a little outside the physical body. Mm-hmm. Okay? So they are kind of like a ghost because their their energy and their physical are not aligned. Yeah. And uh, 
you're going to have to take my word on that because it's a hard thing to prove except there are some some methods within energy psychology that we can test that to make sure that the energy is balanced um, using uh, muscle testing and and kinesiology. Um, So people need to do some simple things like breathing. You know that, Dr. Carroll, that breathing is good for us and actually as as we take a nice full breath, we're expanding our chest. Our chest is the center of our physical body, and that gets us back in. So um, in my mind, that is the, a good idea, having the feet flat on the ground and getting outdoors once in a while, connecting with animals and plants and nature, all good, gets you back in your body. So the message for everybody is to take breaks and put that cell phone down and engage with people in the world around you. So oh, I could be a ghost. I couldn't agree more. It's very worrisome. And, and, you know, there's a lot about that in my book because I really think, you know, we all know that in our heads, but I think we really need to live it more. Mm -hmm. And in terms of why 2012 might be a bad year for cell phone users, uh, you know, I'm not an alarmist or anything like that, but, you know, the NASA site actually talks about solar cycles. And we've had several minor solar flares this year. And it is predicted that we're coming into a time where solar flares are going to be more active. Now, why does this matter? Um, solar flares could possibly take out our telecommunications. Mm-hmm. And um, NASA will know it's going to happen. They'll be able to issue warnings. But we can't really do a whole lot to um, change what the sun does, obviously. Mm-hmm. So um, we need to be connected. we got to keep our connection to what we were designed to be. Yes, we it's interesting because um, that would almost force us to get back into just connecting person to person rather than through technology. Yeah, I mean, we're all psychic beings. We're energetic beings. And we've been denying that lately with modern technology. And I think I love technology. I am very active social media, all that stuff. But I'm also a physical being who takes care of that physical receptive system. Mm-hmm. So that's... If people want to really remain safe no matter what happens, keep your physical system on uh, on prepared mode. Yes. And Marie, um, one of the things, one of the people who you talk about in your book about reincarnation is Dr. Ian Stevenson, a psychiatrist. So, of course, I'm interested in that story of reincarnation. Tell us about that. He was a professor at the University of Virginia. And for 40 years, he studied past lives throughout the world. He did a lot of traveling, and he especially found many of them in Asia, places like India, uh, Burma, uh, those sorts of places. He had some fantastic uh, results from his studies. There were children who would recall uh, a past life of some family that, that maybe, let's say, it was in, in, in India, and that family might have lived in another village, and the, the child that was born uh, that was reincarnated from the other family knew all about the previous family, like their secrets, where they had hidden their gold or their jewelry, um, maybe some relationships that people weren't aware of, maybe some health problems that weren't obvious to the community that that child wouldn't have had any knowledge of through normal means. And uh, these children sometimes knew so much about their past life uh, identities, uh, life that they were accepted into the family Mm. of of the uh, former personality. 
And one example that is fantastic and that really um, gets people, uh, astounds people, is the photographs that are in one of uh, Dr. Ian Stevenson's books where reincarnation and biology intersect. I don't know if that's still available, if it's out of print, but people can get information on him, of course, over the Internet, Dr. Ian Stevenson. Well, anyway, in the photographs that he has in this book, the, where, bio, where reincarnation and biology intersect, there's one with a, a girl who was born with uh, part of her leg missing, the part below her knee. Well, what had happened in a past life was that she had been a girl that was selling, uh, I believe it was food, in a train station uh, as the train stopped for the passengers. Well, the train malfunctioned. I guess it jumped the track, and as a result, her leg was cut off from below the knee, and she died of the injuries. So she was reborn as another girl, and this girl had part of her leg missing at birth. Oh, that's interesting. And there are several other photographs of people in this book where there was a man who was shot in a past life and killed, and when he was um, reincarnated, he had the scars from the bullet. Huh. And also somebody who was uh, hanged, and um, he had the rope marks on his neck in the next life. So that this is all very fascinating, the work of Dr. Ian Stevenson. He died recently, but uh, someone else has taken over his studies, and I haven't heard if he's published any books on, on uh, his reincarnation studies. Uh, well, let's, now. let's talk about where people can buy, where the listeners can get each of your books. Um, so, Marie, where can people get Are We Our Past Lives, Soul Patterns in Personalities and Relationships? They can go to my website, mariegates.com, and uh, directly order from Amazon or from Kindle, or they can go to their local bookstore and order the book, Are We Our Past Lives, Soul Patterns and Personalities and Relationships by Marie Gates. That's all they would have to know to order it. It's not on the shelves normally except in Michigan where I live. Uh-huh. And also the website, arewearepastlives.com. Yeah, you can go either there or it's easier to remember, mariegates.com. That's why I got that new domain uh-huh. name recently. Uh-huh. Okay, and Betsy? Betsy um, Muller, her book is yeah. called Energy Makeover, A Conscious Way to Stay Young, Have Fun, and Get More Done. How can people get your book? I'd love to have the listeners go to my new website for the book. It's Energy Makeover for You. That's Energy Makeover Number Four Letter U dot com, and uh, they can go onto the site and take the quiz to find out if they need an energy makeover and download a free mini energy makeover light book. And then, if they want to order something, they can order the book right there. Um, it's also available on, on Amazon and Barnes and & Noble, but I love them to visit my site so they can see a few videos and take the quiz. So I hope they'll come. Okay, so that's Energy Makeover, the number four, the letter U.com, yeah. and um, MarieGates.com. Um, and, uh, yes, I think everybody can use an Energy Makeover these days. Yeah. We're all... We're all depleted of energy, no matter how many past lives we've had. 
or perhaps I'm not. I'm not. I'll show them how. <laughs> <laughs> well, yes. Okay. <laughs> and I also want to remind people again tonight, Tuesday, October 25th, from 5:30 to 7:30. If you are in LA or can get to Studio City by then. 13017 Ventura Boulevard, Studio City. Um, the store is called Fair Fru Fru. It's a lingerie boutique, incredible, and you can be, you can find out how to be Kate Middleton for Halloween and catch a prince of your own and beyond Halloween. Well, thank you all for listening. Thank my guests for being on the show. That was all so interesting, really <laughs> makes our minds spin as we enter the Halloween season. And thank you all for listening. You've been listening to Dr. Carol's Couch. And I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Thank you for joining us on Dr. Carol's Couch. Join us next week at 1 p.m. Pacific time for another installment of Dr. Carol's Couch. We'll save you a seat. 